Hey friend, and welcome. This is Courageous Radiance Podcast. My name is Brittany Dixon, and I am uber duper excited about you being equipped and anchored in Jesus Christ. That is what this podcast is about, us becoming courageously faithful to follow Jesus Christ and doing that well. I'm so excited for you to hop into this podcast as we, for the whole summer, are talking about the blessed life of the disciple. Let's go. Hey there, and welcome to Courageous Radiance Podcast. My name is Brittany Dixon, and I'm thankful that you are tuning in to another sermon on the Mount discussion. So Jesus, in the Beatitude Sermon on the Mount, talked about some states of blessedness. And these are not things that we can just put on our vision board and try to work with self-effort to achieve. He's giving us an outline of integrity level, just basic inner characteristics of those who follow Jesus at this level as his disciples. That this state of blessed, which the broken down in Greek is 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 joyful. It's it's happy. And this state is not a happiness of I got a new car, I got a new job. Those are things that we can be happy about in the instant of them, in the temporary, but these last longer. These are why we are anchored to Jesus and in this lifestyle of being a disciple. So this whole summer, we are talking through these eight. There are certainly more that are are discussed throughout the New Testament, but these particular eight are what we're talking about this whole summer. So we've talked about the blessed are those who are poor in spirit, those who mourn. Today, we're talking about those who are humble. So I'll go ahead and start off with reading verse five. This is Matthew chapter five, verse five. And just really even before I say that, courageous radiance exists to really equip women and and in a way that is to get into her her word, to get into a rhythm, a dependency in Jesus Christ. Because listen, when the storm comes, it's not a matter of if. Like there's not there's not a well maybe only if I don't draw the short straw. No, there is going to be a cross that you are going to bear. There's going to be a storm that comes and maybe maybe your life feels like it's a series of storms and and it's a spectrum. Everybody's different. Why we can't, you know, cross look over to the next lane and say, "Oh, well God doesn't love me because this is only what this person has to go through. Everybody has to go through something." But when the storm comes, man, friend, don't you want to be anchored? Like if there's any hope that I have is is to express this need, this necessity of being anchored, not anchored in something that ain't going to last. And I bring this up and not in a funny way, especially having worked at the bedside boot to the ground, but COVID in of itself, right? Any tragedy, when you think of it, it, it reorients what you define as stability. So this is an anchorage in Jesus Christ. And here at Courageous Radiance, I am just so excited when I hear women just literally flee her life, flee anything, and and not flee like you just moved to a whole other country. I'm saying you, you are surrendered. You're like, Jesus, whether you take everything and leave me with one thing or none, or Jesus, I get everything and this is, this is, 
this is what you're doing in my life. God is all yours. And when we live, y'all, that level, our encouragement is at his well. Our equipping is in his word. And at his feet, we're anchored. So that no matter what, y'all, if there's anything that somebody should be able to look at our life and say is really that John 10, 10. I wrote a 40-day devotional, Thriving in the Thorns. You can head to the blog, CourageousRadiance.com, and there's a link there that you can buy this on Amazon. And, and it's really written with this in mind of this John Tenton that we're never without hope. Like we get to thrive whether we're in the wilderness of life or if we're in like the super great heights, the mountaintops. We thrive because Jesus says that that the abundant life is in him. The thief comes to steal and to take everything, but in him is our is our abundance. So that's a little bit about Courageous Radiance, and I'm so grateful that you are tuning in, whether you are new here or you ha- listen all of the time. Friend, thank you so much for joining. I pray that you also connect with me on Instagram at Courageous Radiance as well. Share with a friend. Sharing is caring. I would love you to share. If this if this episode, any episode has blessed you, I would love that you would share it with somebody else. So jumping in, Matthew 5, verse 5. Blessed are the humble, for they will inherit the earth. This word pros, P-R-A-U-S, pros, is this word in, so blue letter Bible. I learned this from my mentor years ago, and she still talks about it now, and it's just so helpful. And not that you have to necessarily just be super um, Greek in in depth and 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 exegesis the, the the scripture at that level, but I do think that there is value that if we're going to study something, that we do it with excellence and at least have some idea. I mean, I certainly cannot speak Greek, but to under but when you look at the words in Greek, the thing I love about this app is it not only shows you in this the context of what you're reading, but it connects where you might find this word in other passages so that then you can truly do a, an inductive Bible study method where it's not just, let me just find a scripture for my day so that I can feel like I'm blessed and happy, that it actually gives you the scriptural application in its correct context, context is everything, of when this was written to the people that it was written to. And the last step is application to my life. So how do I take this from 2000 plus years ago to today in my exact day on Monday, right? So that's that's really the purpose of understanding the root word. But this word pros, um, I, I really want to read this. It's long, but I really want to read it from Blue Letter Bible. It's so good, which will launch me to end what we're going to talk about. Mildness of disposition. This is this word humble or meek. So prous, mildness of disposition, gentleness of spirit, meekness. Meekness towards God is that disposition of spirit in which we accept his dealings with us as good and therefore without disputing or resisting. In the Old Testament, the meek are those wholly relying on God rather than their own strength to defend against injustice. Thus, meekness towards evil people means knowing God is permitting the injuries they inflict. Y'all, I am in a season with a troll slash just listen that 
that blessed me just reading that. And, and it's like I knew it anyways to just trust God with a Judas and that it's going to refine me. But this reading this was, whew, it was so good for my heart. So I'm gonna actually read that again. Thus, meekness towards evil people means knowing God is permitting and permitting y'all. Listen, Job, God, God allowed the devil to do and take everything away from Job. God allowed it. And I know that sounds so crazy to think that this good, holy, amazing father allowed, but he did. And he allows it for his own reasons. Isaiah 55 says that God's ways are way higher. They're not even comprehensive in our, in our lowly state, in our human mortal knowledge. Okay, but here I go. It means knowing God is permitting the injuries they inflict, that he is using them to purify his elect. See, there's that refinement that he will deliver his elect in his time. Key words, his time. Um, it referred to Isaiah 41, 17, as well as Luke 18, 1 through 8. Gentleness or meekness is the opposite to self-assertiveness and self-interest. It stems from trust in God's goodness and control over the situation. The gentle person is not occupied with self at all. So, yo, like, listen, so there's no room for narcissism slash, which is, I mean, I hate to say it, but I mean, I'm even tempted sometimes to do way too many selfies or way too many look at my life on, on Instagram or on Facebook or anything like that. And I don't really think there's, you know, we don't have to throw the baby out, baby out with the bathwater, but I don't think there's necessarily like anything wrong with doing like, Hey, this is kind of where we are, or this is a picture of me and my husband or et cetera. I'm at work. But when like that show whole page, when it's like all about you, like, Francis Chan talked about that, that, um, and this was like probably 10 years ago, just at that time, there wasn't really Instagram. It was, he was talking about Facebook, just about the beginnings of narcissism when we build this whole page talking about ourselves, right? And it's almost like expected that like, this is what you do. Like you're supposed to know what I'm eating for breakfast. So you're supposed to know what I have put on my child today. Or, you know, it's almost like if I did not post about somebody's birthday, that their birthday didn't happen. And and listen, and again, this is no judgment. I'm swept up into it with it, but I have to really stop and, and die to that and hold myself accountable. But this is why, because when we are self-occupied, then there is no gentleness, there's no humility. So anyway, so it's not occupied with self at all. This is a work of the Holy Spirit, not of the human will. And that the reference that they said was Galatians 5.23, which first are listed the fruits of the flesh, which oppose the fruits of the spirit, of which gentleness is one of those. There's nine fruits of the spirit. And essentially, when you become a believer, if, if you are a believer listening to this, then the holy, at that point that the Holy Spirit is indwelling inside of you, there are these nine seeds that, again, this is the fruit of the Spirit. But our lifestyle is what grows that. So it comes from the Holy Spirit. You cannot create this in self-effort. There's no amount of church attendances, Bible study, scripture memorization, which is why the Pharisees really disgusted Christ because just having a knowledge, a head knowledge does not mean you have a heart knowledge, but these nine seeds are planted inside of you. And then it is the work of the Holy Spirit, grace, mercy, and then discipline. A disciple is disciplined. And I talked about this a few episodes ago, and I want to point back to this of John, of John Ortberg. 
And he talked about these three heart level convictions, these three faith level convictions. And you've got this public, this private, and this core. Jesus is after the core. Always, always. If you look at his questions that he posed in scripture, if you look at your own life and when the Holy Spirit is checking you on stuff, you know, the Holy Spirit is not checking you on, hey, did you, um, you know, put on that mask today, even though you're sad, you know, and you just sat there and looked amazing for that Instagram post. Um, the Holy Spirit, Jesus is always challenging us to that heart level. And one of the things that John John Ortberg mentioned at this core level conviction is that he really used this 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 statement, which you gotta be careful using always. But in this sense, we are always true to our core level beliefs. And he used this example of gravity. I mean, as I'm you know looking right now, I'm in a hotel room and, and we're on the tenth floor. I mean, there nobody has to like test me. <laughs> I, I believe in the law of gravity. If I go out to my patio and I go step outside above the, the the railing, there is the end of Brittany Dixon. Just done. Right. That is, and I don't have to be like, well, I don't really know. Is is gravity true? It's true. I'ma die. So that is a decision at its core level that I have made that I don't have to sway from. So that is where he wants the life of the disciple, that we have made these core level convictions and that we hold to them, that it's shown. So humility is not just something I'm going to just put on for one day or put on for this conference or wear a t-shirt that says I'm humble or because I have a cross on. But when you look at my life, when you look at my Instagram page, when you look at my Facebook, when you listen to how I talk to people, when you look at how I serve, not just the fact that I go to church and, and again, allow the Holy Spirit to be glorified in and through this, because this is not just, I'm not doing enough. And I say that, I, I wanted to pause and say that because I'm a person that struggles with not feeling like I'm enough. This is really kind of my life story and maybe it'll be from my forever story as long as I walk the earth. But this is this has really been my story thus far, is that I struggle with needing to, you know, I'm a recovering um, perfecter and I'm a recovering striver. So, you know, I've got that hamster wheel in my back closet that Jesus like, burn it, just you're done. You don't need it anymore. But it is something that I still struggle and I have to die to daily because I feel like I'm not enough. And I can go to family of origin and, and kind of where that came from and just even my own brokenness that has nothing to do with anybody, just me. But um, for, 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 for no other reason than remembering that and, and holding that to the to the feet of Christ because guess what my knee jerk is to strive my knee jerk is to be enough well maybe I just need to go to 10 more church services listen to five more podcasts about Jesus so I'm not saying this to to help you strive more <laughs> this is this is if anything this should be freeing to you which I know it has been for me the again recovering striver is okay my humility at the inner level the core level being being is is really my ability to obey God at a self-controlled level and that's powerful because I always I, I don't know about you but I used to equate meekness or humility with with weakness and the only thing that I can think of as an example is and I don't do this all the time I did it more when they were younger but but I and my husband kind of 
well, we kind of disagree about this. He lets my kid, he like never lets the kids win. I feel like depending on the context where I'll let them win sometimes, maybe 50%, maybe 75%, 25%, depending on this kind of situation. But it's like, I have the ability to win this thumb war with my son, or I have the ability to, you know, for my husband's um, standpoint, he, you know, about 50, 50, well, I feel like a little bit less now. And Caleb's actually getting better with basketball, but he'll play basketball with, with our 11 year old son. And listen, you can't let them win all the time. And I know there's some people who don't let their kids win at all, but it's like, I have the ability and I'm holding back. And that's what I think about with Jesus. Jesus could have, like, let's think about this info and like, he could have literally called down a, like legions. I'm talking about hundreds of thousands, millions of angels at any given point, at any given point, he could have been like, you know, time out, we done. Lord, just come back. I'm, I mean, he was, he's God. So just because he <laughs> left heaven for us didn't mean he was less, less God. So that in of itself is his meekness. He was powerful. He didn't owe anybody any explanation. I kept, I would always, like, even currently, I just read and I'd be like, Jesus, why didn't you just like, I don't know. Like just every now and then, you know, just like kind of drop something, you know, <laughs> like just to show who you are. But his self-control, his power under self-control is is a is is an example of his meekness, his humility. So when I think about this call for us, this blessed state, this state of joyfulness and happiness, we are blessed, we are happy, we are joyful when we are humble. And this is countercultural. Like don't do a hashtag IG thing on this. Well, you can, but don't expect to get likes on it, which is okay. Because when we're living for Christ, I don't care if there's one following, 2,200. I don't, I don't really care. That's not the goal. The win is how do I make God look greater? How do I show my obedience? So we are blessed. We're joyful when we are humble. Again, so different, which is why I wanted to read what that blue letter Bible said. This, there's no self-reliance in humility. It is truly birthed from this knowledge of, of the first blessed state, which is spiritual poverty. It says, blessed are those who are poor in spirit. Reaching that state from verse three, Matthew five, verse three, is really saying, God, like I am really at the end of myself. Like I can do nothing. There's nothing that I have. Like you are everything. I can't obtain anything, which then kind of leads you to that second one, which is blessed are those who are mourn. Verse four, because it's really like getting to that spiritual poverty is really almost then it's it's kind of in sync with saying like, I'm going to always fall short. Like there is a gap. There's a cavity of which Jesus had to die on the cross for me. And this then leads you to the verse five, which is therefore I'm humble because I first had to be really poor in spirit, like empty, empty of Brittany, surrendering all. And then seeing how much God has like it's like a it's like a veil that's removed to see how much grace and mercy I have been existing on, you know, and I kind of mourn that. I'm like, wow, like I'm just I'm I'm just amazed at how much God has just given me so much grace and mercy that I don't even deserve, right? So that mourning, right? And then that leads me to humble. So even if for 5 seconds I get irritated with a person or a kid or a coworker or whatever, my husband it's like the Holy Spirit quickly leads you back to humility. Cause it's like, but Brittany, you don't really deserve. Brittany, you really don't, I, nobody owes you. So how can, how can people owe you if 
if you owe me. Um, a, a great book that I've read a couple times, Enemies of the Heart by Andy Stanley. And one of those states, um, one of those enemies is this, um, and it talked about it from a standpoint of anger, where this baseline anger really comes from is this, this idea that God owes us. So God don't owe. Like he he owes nothing. He is self-existent. He does not he exists by himself. He gets no source from anything. So therefore, he owes no one, yet he gives. So when we reach this this state of humility that I actually owe God everything, man, I'm be humble. That's when we reach this state of of humility. So, question for you and your quiet time, that's what these questions are for head to your quiet time with the Lord. Um, you know, again, for if you're a striver, current day or former recovering, I want to challenge you to not put a quantity <laughs> on this, not put, well, it's got to be an hour or there's no time with Jesus. Man, make this be a relationship that's like all day with Jesus. And um, make this state of quietness not be anything that you're striving in self-effort. But again, just surrendering to God. But in your quiet time, whenever that is going to be today or beyond, answer this question. Where does meekness exist in your day today? And again, I go back to this idea of John Ortberg, this core level beliefs, because our core level is what we're true to, right? So in what we do externally for the world to see, or even what we believe about ourselves privately is what is actually found in our quiet time. So it's, you're not going to see this transformation inside out within Brittany unless I'm being true, having a high integrity level to my quiet time with God. Because otherwise it's fake. Otherwise I'm just putting it on. I'm really trying with self-effort. Then when I get in the car, I'm up here bumping Drake and Cardi B and I don't even know who else the other new people are, right? Or every other word is cuss word. And again, this isn't to condemn, but this is to say that, you know, Maybe next week there's five less cuss words, and maybe in two years there's 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 you only down to one every so often. But there should be where you're looking back at your life and you're seeing day to day, week to week, month to month, year to year that somehow, wow, when my husband looked at me like this or said this, I didn't go off. Like, yeah, I was a little bit mm, perturbed, but I really didn't go off off. And y'all, that's that inside out transformation. So some scriptures I really want to point to is um, Colossians, I really don't have time. Let's <sighs> never have time. Um, Colossians, I, I, okay, I'm gonna do Colossians 2. Um, Colossians 3, excuse me. Um, I really, I'm gonna say this, the scriptures. Colossians 3 um, is verse 12 and 13. Ephesians 4, verses 1 and 2. Um, but head to those in your, head to the Ephesians in your own time. But just to bring it on home with Colossians um, 3, uh, verse 12. So before that, which I'm not going to read, but starting in verse around 5, yeah, verse 5, um, Paul talks about these, well, even at the beginning, really, verse 1 
and he's talking about us setting our minds on these things above, setting our minds on Christ in heaven, on eternal things, not the temporary. And then he leads into, therefore, you need to put to death these things that essentially oppose your ability to set your mind on that. So then picking up in verse 12, it talks about, therefore, again, referring to the things that you put to death. Now, therefore, as verse 12 picks up, as God's chosen ones, holy and dearly loved, put on compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, bearing with one another and forgiving one another another if anyone has a grievance against against another just as the lord has forgiven you so you also to are to forgive and see there's that idea of yeah you're upset yeah they fell short yeah you maybe deserve you know rightness from them or yeah like again but then once you hold it up against the light of what you don't deserve or what jesus had to pay the the cost for you it's really hard to be sitting up in there with your with your righteous finger wagging at somebody right but and and then just lastly again for your own reading I just Philippians 2 is just I I feel like there was some transforming verses if I can think of them and one of them is is honestly Philippians 2 because it really talks about this this life of Christ and it's um, Philippians 2 verse 6 through 8 um, and it says um, Philippians 2 verses 6 through 8 even if you started verse 5 adopt the same attitude as that of Christ Jesus who existing in the form of God did not consider equality with God as something to be exploited. Instead, he emptied himself by assuming the form of a servant, taking on the likeness of humanity. And when he had come as man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even on a cross. Y'all, our Lord and Savior, Jesus, died a horrific death and even before that he walked through scorn and betrayal and rejection and disappointment and so much more and he did this in a state of he doesn't he he doesn't even deserve like we actually deserve to some point maybe we don't deserve this exact thing right this exact diagnosis per se but we deserve because we're we're fallen, we're broken, we're sinful. And here our Lord and Savior, our pioneer, our North Star, who we're following as disciples, faithful disciples, took on far more than what we ever will in our life. And for such a purpose is for us to be able to live with him in eternity. And if there's not any other place or point that you can be blessed to be humble, blessed are those who are humble, let that be. Let that be that point that you sit and meditate on that to say, man, Jesus, what what right do I have? I mean, I, I'm going to forego everything, my position, my convenience, my, my comfort. Yes, I may not want to do this today, but God, I'm going to forego any and all of that because that's exactly what you did for me, for the world on a cross. And you lived a lowly, perfect life. Friend, I pray that this um, really encourages you. If there's anyone who's listening, you're feeling weary, you're feeling tired. You're just like, I just, I'm just every card is stacked against me. I want to encourage you to find respite at the foot of Christ. 
thinking on how much Jesus loves you and how much he died for you to keep going in this race.